Good morning, New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, a place where love abides, where Pastor Dontel Halls is our senior pastor. I'm your host for your Sunday School Bible Hour, Reverend Bill Riley. Today we will be studying from the book of 1 Samuel. Samuel is the last judge and also he is a prophet as well as a priest. In the beginning of Samuel, we will be studying his life and his legacy. Who was Samuel? In Samuel chapter 1, we see his humble beginning. Elkaniah, the son of Jehoram, and the son of Eliu, and the son of Tehu, the son of Zuppah, the Ephorite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hananiah, and the name of the other, Penaniah. And Penaniah had children, but Hananiah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanai offered, he gave to Penanai, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hananiah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hananiah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. We see this uh, beginning of a family oftentimes throughout the Bible. We see when uh, Jacob and Esau was born, we see uh, some of those same similarities in the wives of these uh, these men, um, particularly Jacob. Um, we see this in the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and we also see that in Samson, the story of Samson. In Bible times, a woman's success as a household tenant usually were honored when they had a male child. If they didn't have a male child, then they would have been considered a failure. But as you can see that God had a special plan for Hananiah. This family had a relationship with God. Every year, they would come up to worship the Lord. In verse 5 of chapter 1, it says, But, un, but unto Hananiah, he gave a worthy portion, Elkaniah that is, for he loved Hananiah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her soul, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. Whenever the Bible speaks of an uh, invent, Back to back, that's normally a speed bump because God is getting ready to do something. In verse 7, it says, As he did so, so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her. That means Penaniah, the second wife. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkaniah, her husband, to her, Hananiah, Why if thou, why weepeth thou? And why eateth not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better 
then ten sons. So Elkanah knew what Hananiah's concerns were. So Hananiah, verse six, rose up after that, after they have eaten in Shiloh, and after they have drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaiden and remember me and not forget thy handmaiden, but will give unto thy handmaiden a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come up upon his head. And so here we see another Nazarite vow where um, Hananiah is dedicating her son if the Lord would see fit to allow her to have a child. And just uh, goes to show you um, for those who are unable to have children, um, you know, um, you know, praying don't oftentimes bring you a child, but oftentimes will bring a child into your your presence, whereas though that you can still nurture and allow um, God to use um, your gifts and skills to train up a child in the way that he should go. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of and he said, let thy handmaiden find grace in the sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And as they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house of Ramah, and Elkaniah knew Hananiah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was about after Hananiah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifices and his vows. But Hananiah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. Judges is ending, and the last judge, Samuel, begins in the book of Samuel. Samuel's mother was barren and was insulted by her husband's second wife. Hananiah dedicates him back to the Lord after weaning him and giving thanks. Samuel grows up in the temple. There he learns to be a priest and a prophet, the mouthpiece of God. Eli, the priest, teaches Samuel to hear the voice of God. Unfortunately, his two corrupt sons never accepted the call of God. The story now shifts to Israel's enemy, the Philistines. Will we be ever rid of this dominant nation who is very experienced in iron and bronze age warfare, mental metal chariots, iron spears, the Philistines advancement would be contribute to Israel's disobedience in worshiping false gods. 
and corrupt priesthood as well. And here we see in the call of Samuel in chapter 3, verse 16, where it says, Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me, or all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him, Every will, and he hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Verse 19, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let him and did let not none of his words fall to the ground. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel and Dan, even at Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Chapter 4, the Philistines. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched besides Ebenezer's. The Philistines pitched in Apex. And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. Verse 3, And when the people were come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore have the Lord smitting us today? Before the Philistines, let us fetch the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of the enemy. Israel came up with the ideal to bring the sacred chest to motivate Israel. Instead, it motivated the Philistines. They captured the Ark of the Covenant. That brings us to chapter 7. When the Philistines defeated Israel in battle and captured the Ark of the Covenant, when Eli learned that his sons had been killed and the Ark captured, he fell from the place he was seated and died. In chapter 2, verse 27, it says, There came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus said of the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy fathers all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifices and at my offerings, which I have commanded in my habitations? And honor if thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore, the Lord God hath said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy fathers should walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, be it far from me. 
For them that honoreth me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. I behold the days come, and I will cut off thy arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thy house. Here in this passage of scripture, God is chewing Eli out because Eli and his family took God's uh, responsibility as priesthood lightly. Uh, Although we don't see too much of Eli's downfall of of, of his behavior, but we see his sons, Hopney and Phineas, who were um, having uh, immoral relationships with the women that was coming and bringing their offering. It was like uh, a, a corrupt church in our day. Yeah, let that be a warning to me and to anyone else who served God in the office of a minister um, that we must live upright because God will not play. So when Eli, his two sons are wiped out, Samuel is the, is the one who is the next in line in leadership. Um, And so that brings us to our lesson title today. Samuel prays for victory. Samuel's leadership brings victory. And our lesson aim today is to show how Samuel did it. How did Samuel bring victory? Chapter seven, verse one, it says, And the men of Kediath Jerusalem came to fetch up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadad in the hill and sanctify Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. When Israel were defeated by the Philistines, the Philistines took the sacred box. The Philistines thought that they captured a quite a prize of Israel's cherished ark of the covenant, but it brought them nothing but a brand a brand of trouble that sounds like bubonic plague. The ark of the covenant was a fourth four feet long wooden chest covered with gold inside and out and topped with gold statues. Two angelic beings inside rested the Ten Commandments, most basic laws etched in stone and delivered by Moses. The Israelites kept the chest in the most sacred room of the worship center. They considered it God's throne on earth. When the Philistines captured the ark in battle, they put it on display in the temple of Ashdod, a city near the seacoast. But overnight, the statue of their god, Dagon, which was considered the fish god or the grain god, however, fell on its face besides the chest. They stood Dagon back up the following day, but the next night the statue not only fell over, but it broke into pieces, sending its head rolling. A plague of tumors broke out amongst the Philistines, so they sent the chest to another Philistine town. Moreover, tumors broke out in that city, and moreover and over, they moved the chest around. The the plague followed. Plague victims develop lumps, swelling called bluebonics, from which we get bluebonic. Takes its name. The Philistines cure. Send the chest away back to Israel with a gift. Make five golden tumors and five golden rats, which the, the plague was considered um, 
an infection from rats, an overpopulation of rats. So they send this offering back with the Ark of the Covenant to appease uh, Israel's God to remove the curse. I want to draw your attention to Deuteronomy chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. I mean, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning at verse 1. Listen to this. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning at verse 1, it says, And it came to pass, when all these things are come upon thee, the blessings and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shall return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day. Thou are thou and thy children with all thy heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn from will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations. So here in Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning at verse 1 through 10, it's talking about uh, how to receive the blessings of the Lord and how you can accumulate the cursings of the Lord. Well, it's obvious that if you turn away from the Lord, that you're going to reap curses. And if you um, turn towards the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, that you will reap the blessing of the Lord. And Samuel, being trained in the word of God, gave the solution to their problem. Back to your Sunday school lesson in 1 Samuel chapter 7 and beginning at verse 3. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your heart, then put away the strange God, the Ashtaroth, from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Wow. That was Samuel's solution. The solution was simply repent. Turn, change your mind, come back to the Lord. And that is our solution to the violence, the gun violence in all of our communities, New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, you know, this is, is obvious as a believer that this is the solution to our problem. In verse four, it says, then the children of Israel did put away Balaam, Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. One day I'll do a study on these two gods. And Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mitzvah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on the days. And there we, we have sinned. And here's where they repent. In verse six, it says, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mitzvah. And when the Philistines heard that all that the children of Israel was gathered together to, to Mitzvah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel. And the Lord heard him. And the Lord heard Samuel as the leader of Israel, as the spiritual leader of your home. 
You know, the key is the relationship with God, a wholehearted relationship at that. Call upon the name of the Lord and thou shall be saved. And verse 10 says, and Samuel was offering up the burnt offerings and the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on the day upon the Philistines and discomforted them. And they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mitzvah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they, until they came to Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzvah and Shin and called the name of it El Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto have the Lord helped us. The object lesson of this lesson, Samuel led God's people to repentance once again. God fought them, freeing them from the oppression of the Philistines. Choose to stretch. When we love God, we will respect and obey his commandments. Our obedience shows our love for God. Our God is able to take care of us. So the question is, how did Samuel bring victory for the children of Israel? It was simply, he told them to repent from their sins, cry out to the Lord, offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, fasted and prayed, and the Lord heard their prayer. It seems like when God punishes us for our sins, that he doesn't desire to do so because he's so quick to receive us back into his, his arms of love. That's a message for us today. You know, what we see is going on in shooting in Chicago. Someone must take the message. Someone must have enough courage like Samuel and stand up for the people of God because um, without leadership, a godly leadership, uh, our communities will fall by the wayside. That's all I have for you today. I'm sorry for the herky-jerky. I'm getting better at this at some point, but um, keep me in your prayers that I get better and better of communicating God's word. Thank you. God bless you.